Hey, Liz. It's Leanne. I'm calling. It's a special, <laughs> special Mother's Day satellite sisters, Mama. <laughs> you know, I've been thinking so much about Mother's Day this week because you obviously it's this coming Sunday, but you can see all week people are posting special things on their Facebook pages and Twitter. And I noticed that you changed your profile photo to a beautiful photo of the sisters together with mom at a big event in New York. I know. I I don't know why. Well, you're right. I'm getting nostalgic and missing mom. It is Mother's Day. We lost our mom four years ago. And and I know a lot of you have been through similar circumstances. So Mother's Day becomes a bittersweet holiday. But um, it was also our mom's birthday, May 13th. So all those things just kind of had me thinking about her. And I was sort of scrolling through my Facebook profile photos. And there was this great photo of all five of us uh, at the Gracie's in New York in 2008 with our mom in the middle. And she was, what, 81 uh, that mm-hmm. that year? And she looks great. She's holding the Gracie Awards. We're literally on the red carpet. We decided in 2008 just to go for it. We won a big award there. So everyone showed up and mom was there and she had never been to the Gracie's before. And so I, I put that up. And, you know, as several people on Facebook mentioned, it was a good year for all of us. Yes. <laughs> well, there's hair, makeup, wardrobe involved. Yes. So those three yes. elements. Had, but yeah, I think we were all we were all having a particularly good year. So that's nice when you because that that's hard when there are five of you. Right. You know, sometimes a couple of people having a good year, a couple of people having a rocky year, and it shows in the photos. But. But this mom's a having year. a great year. At 81, she looks absolutely fantastic in that photo, yes. I thought. Yes. So uh, so I wanted to do that to honor her. But you do see that on Facebook. Lots of people posting photos of their moms. And it's just very sweet. I, I, you know, I know people say Mother's Day is a Hallmark holiday, but it's not really. It's a nice day. <laughs> well, I, I, it's obviously well earned. Uh, I am not a mother, but I know lots of mothers, and I had a mother, uh, so I appreciate the job. What do you have specific Mother's Day plans for Sunday, or do you do, do you leave it to your son and your boys to figure something out? Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, that does not. <laughs> I know that has not particularly worked well in the past. It has not, Liz. And I I don't get the sense this year is mounting up to a big tribute to Leon year. Um, Yeah, one of my sons is still at college, so uh, I have very little hopes that there will be a card in the mail. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, I'm hoping for some text, Liz. There was a plan afoot to go away for the weekend, but that's been dashed. So we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll uh-huh. see. I, I usually do get a card from the dog. And that's super nice. <laughs> so. That's why people have dogs. It is yeah. why people have dogs. Dogs don't, dogs don't forget. Nope. They don't let you down. You know, you can't expect that much from the dog. So a card is really nice. So. And then in past years, I, as I recall, you've like gone out for a massage or something like that. Some, you know, be nice to Liam thing you just organized yourself. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, I usually, that's right. I'm one of those mothers that enjoys spending Mother's Day away from her children. Um, <laughs> no. no, we usually do some family thing together. But this year, you know, for the first time, my younger son is in college. He's not around. And I don't know what's up with my older son. I give, try yeah. to give him a lot of freedom. So we'll see. I'm sure yeah. it'll be a lovely day. So something will get organized at the last minute. I, I do. Well, I did have to institute rules in past years. Like, I want whatever it is before noon. <laughs> I don't. 
Mother's Day dinner is not a thing. So that's, that is just a sign that people have not gotten their act together until three in the afternoon on Mother's Day. Like, so I, if something's going to happen, it's got to happen before noon. That's, (laughs) that's what I like. You know, that's what I like. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is why our sponsor, StoryWorth, which we're going to talk about later on, is like the perfect for <laughs> the people that wake up Mother's Day morning and have done nothing. We have the ideal <laughs> the ideal gift for you. <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned earlier that our mother's birthday was May 13th. And so that it was always right on or around Mother's Day. And she has an identical, had an identical twin sister, Eleanor, obviously with the identical birthday. So we would have, when we were kids, as you recall, this kind of quadruple holiday because we had the double Mother's Day slash doubles, double birthday all together. And our mother had eight children, uh, us five satellite sisters and our three brothers. And her uh, twin, Eleanor, had nine children. So we would have these giant Mother's Day events, Mother's Day birthday, the 17 children, the twin mothers. We just really made a spectacle of ourselves yeah. on Mother's Day. <laughs> I, I recall a lot of trips to Steak and Brew on Mother's Day. Didn't we used to go eat there a lot? Again, when you're 17 kids, no one wants you. Like, no. you walk into no. a restaurant, you, they, they barely even let you make a reservation. So yeah. I think Steak and Brew uh, in, in Fairfield, Connecticut, was the only place that would let us in. But they had one of those all-you-can-eat salad bars, which was yeah. really a new, fresh idea in the 70s. It was very, very fresh. <laughs> Yeah. And again, growing up in our households, the the sort of all you can eat, help yourself was never allowed. No. That was never something that would have been encouraged or allowed. So so yeah, we would just ravage these salad bars and uh and never get invited back to uh, <laughs> to steak and brew. <laughs> to steak and brew. There were some there were some outdoor parties and things too. It was just like it was super festive. Uh, maybe not maybe not for mom and aunt eleanor maybe they were doing all the work thinking back on it now who organized all of that not dad right I, so yeah probably not right you're you're right i mean <laughs> that's the thing about being a mother liz i guess it all kind of comes down to you no matter what so no yeah, all right but they were good times for us <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I liked as mom got older, she just said, you can stop celebrating my birthday. You mothers yes. we just go oh, with Mother's Day. Like that. You know, mm-hmm. after a certain age, she said, let's just focus on Mother's Day. I kind of like that idea. I I get that. I get that. Uh It works if your birthday's in May, but you know, right. your birthday's in February, so you're not going to be able to pull that off. Well, I kind of say I'll just go with Valentine's Day. I can see at some point it's my birthday's close enough to Valentine's Day like hit one. That's why I said to my sons this year when they I got neither a Valentine's card or a birthday card, I was like, one, just one of those is all you need. You can double down on Happy Valentine's Day, happy birthday. Same card. <laughs> just give it a whirl. Give it a try. Yeah. It. Well, you know, they're just once this again. generation. They're not really into stamps like that. Yeah. Really. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Well, that's so when you do get a card, it's going above and beyond. Right. Right. It's really an extra effort. It's an extra effort. But uh, we decided to do a special Mother's Day show. We'd like to honor all the mothers out there, the stepmothers, all the aunts who are a big part of kids' lives. Uh, it's always been a big day at Satellite Sisters, and we're happy to be able to bring you an extra show this week. And um, we are trying. We are attempting 
to to publish the um, live audio from our mm-hmm. Santa Monica Public Library event. Now, mm-hmm. Liz, it's not perfect audio, but it's... No, so that's why we wanted to provide a little bit of a warning. Yeah. It's the audio that we are extracting from the Facebook Live uh, broadcast, I guess, is the word for that, what that was. Right. Which was essentially just an iPad um, in the audience. (laughs) So there was no special audio feed or anything. So just be patient, crank up your iPods a little, and I think you'll be able to hear it fine. Um, But the day was really special for us at Satellite Sisters, mainly because we do have a tradition of sort of attracting whole families. And that was really great, wasn't it, Liz? Really great, yes. People brought their sisters, they brought their nieces, they brought their mothers and their grandmothers, their mothers-in-law. There was kind of a a special feeling that day in the audience at uh, the the Satellite Sisters Ask Us Anything event in Santa Monica. I loved it. I loved it. It was a yeah. it's a good day to relive. Actually, I like listening to the audio again. Even 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 if it's not perfect audio, it's perfect to me. Yeah, yeah. I think that the super fans will will enjoy. will be fine with the audio quality. <laughs> um, yeah. The the show starts with our former executive producer, Corny Cole. So you can explain who Corny is. But first, I also want to thank her mother, Emmy Cole, who was in the audience. As long as we're doing a Mother's Day shout out, Emmy was part of our crew for this event. We needed someone to handle the raffle, getting people to write their names and their email addresses on cards and put them in the fishbowl for the drawing. Yes. And Emmy Cole volunteered to do all of the work involved with that. So, you know, she's another great mom that we know who's just always been super supportive of Satellite Sisters. Right. In fact, after the event, Julie said, oh, my gosh, I felt so bad. I was like ordering Emmy Cole around. <laughs> like, go out there and get those names on these pieces of paper for the raffle. I was like, yeah, it was kind of, yes, you were kind of abrupt with yeah. Emmy Cole. So. <laughs> and again, names in a fishbowl is not, but, you know, kind of sometimes when we get together, we all, we all like to order each other around. And so, but we really shouldn't order other people's mothers around. So, Emmy, oh, yes. thank you oh, so much. Oh, and here's a little behind the scenes insight. So the whole point of getting people's uh, names and email addresses on those cards was that you and I have been talking for like five years that we need to reinstitute our email newsletter, which yeah. means we need an email list, which at some point we had a really good one. A fantastic and- list. We had a fantastic yeah. list. And it's and it's gone now. So that's why I thought, well, if Emmy could get people's emails, this would be the birth of the new mailing list, Leanne. <laughs> that was the thought process. So right now, I, I should take a photo of this. You would appreciate this. Yeah. The fishbowl with all of the cards in it is still sitting on my dining room table. It's all there. We have all of the raw material for the birth of a new mailing list on my on my dining room table. Now I just keep staring at it every day, thinking. My God, now someone has to go through right. and take it and type in all of those things. The someone obviously being me. Uh, and I just haven't quite gotten up the um, the head of steam to do that yet. But it's loaded with potential. That fishbowl is our future. I've always liked in the past when we've asked people to do raffle things with their name and email address. And people are skeptical, like, I don't want to give you my email. I'm like, believe me, we're not going to do anything with it. <laughs> <laughs> Really, it's safe with us. We we won't be bombarding you with emails. Chances are we're never even going to get that email in a database. So and here you go, once yeah. again. Our database is currently a fishbowl. So 
You be the judge. <laughs> uh, but we had a fantastic time at the Santa Monica event. And so you'll hear in the beginning, Corny Cole is introducing us. Corny was our original uh, executive producer when we moved to ABC. And we spent five great years with Corny. And then she moved on. I don't know. She went to work for somebody. I can't recall who. Oh, Oprah. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah, went to Oprah. work. <laughs> Some fly-by-night operation <laughs> called Oprah. Yes. Yeah. So, but uh, but she stuck by us through thick and thin, and she is a true satellite sister. We've often called her the sixth sister, and it's very true. She was lovely to just sort of produce that event in Santa Monica and then to give us an introduction. Uh, an introduction. And we were sort of tucked off stage in an ante room. It was not a green room. It was just behind closed doors and uh, in the dark so that when we opened the door, we didn't have to, you know, it was still going to be magical when we came on stage. So I, I didn't really hear what Corny said during, you know, at the actual event. So when I went back and I watched the videotape, I was very struck by what, what yeah. Corny said because she sort of summed up what we've always intended for Satellite Sisters in a perfect way. So uh, we want to thank Corny for also being a big part of that day. And she is the first voice you're going to hear when you hear our live broadcast. But first, Liz, we have a word from our sponsor, StoryWorth. Hi, it's Liz and Leanne of the Satellite Sisters here. And thanks, Satellite Sisters, for supporting the people who support us. Yes. So, as I mentioned, I started producing for the Satellite Sisters in 2000. Uh, and, or actually, in 2002, so 15 years ago. And then in 2006, I reluctantly ended up leaving the show and moving to Chicago. And I was... Woo! Chicago! Come east! And I moved 2,000 miles away from my family and from my friends, and I was, didn't know anybody in the city. It was a very difficult time for me. And the Satellite Sisters were my lifeline. You know, I would, I would tune into them whenever I possibly could. I was walking on Lakeshore Drive with my yellow lab, and I'd listen on the old-fashioned uh, portable radios. And I heard friendship. You know, I was transferred home. I was all, I went from being totally alone to being with Julie and Liz and Monica and Sheila and Mia. And they were my friends. And they made me laugh, and they challenged me to think. And that is the magic of the show. And I know that you all know that in a visceral way. You know, the Satellite Sisters are our friends and the best podcast on the internet. <laughs> so Randy, I'd like to put your hands together for your favorite podcast hosts, Satellite Sisters. Now spent a lot of time at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure you find it 
but we also had some great giveaways and some great years on WNYC and about 50 public radio stations. This one goes out to Monica Dolan, one of our giveaways, because Monica's highly allergic, so we wanted to do air fresheners, but she was like, they have to be unscented. <laughs>
So you had to, in the six minute break, run outside, take the elevator down two floors, run down this long hallway to the ladies' room. And so one day, Leah had to do that, and she left Sheila and I there. And she was gone such a long time. And the conversation between Sheila and I, we kept saying, oh, I hope Leah
basically a Venezuelan bikini model <laughs> turned reporter who just stopped, every star stopped dead in their tracks when they saw her. We were right before her. <laughs> so uh, the big thing I used to do on the red carpet was just yell at stars, uh, like, you know, George Clooney! <laughs> or, uh, How's it looking for Michael Clayton? And, um, we, uh, we didn't have snacks at the Independent Spirit Awards, but uh, we were, we could not get anyone to come over to us at all. We, our, it seemed like we would be surprised. <laughs> and we, we felt pressure. Pressure to bring back the tape, right? The tape, it was going to be like, we were going to play it on the show. Oh, no one would talk to us. Okay, so I got desperate at the end, and again, I was living in Santa Monica, um, dressing quite differently back in those days. I wore a lot of pink. Um, I had some disposable income, which I disposed of. <laughs> and at that time, I had these, these mock cowboy boots. They were sort of suede. They were pretty, but they were a half boot. And I don't know why I was wearing them. And um, I was wearing my boots, and we saw Dwight Yoakam, and, who I love. And he was flanked by two supermodels. But we, didn't we? We said, okay, we got to get him over here. So I was literally leaning over a fence, and I yelled out, Dwight! Do you like my boots? No, I said, do I have any students here? I So 
we finally we get Bill, you know, we get President Clinton, you know, we get the you know the Secret Service has come on. And in the meantime, I you know, I am living in Moscow, Russia, and I lived there for five years with my husband. Our apartment was bugged. I mean, I had I had lights in my apartment. That we all know that now. We didn't believe you then. No. History has shown us. I think that I think we're clear about that. I lived in the land of spies. I mean, we had light bulbs in our apartment that never went out in five years. In five years. I mean, uh, we did have we did have our apartment swept for bugs. They found bugs in it. So. It just, I just felt like every conversation I ever had on the radio, I knew, I knew people were listening. From time to time, our line would get dropped. I assumed it was by the Russians dropping, you know, just, you know, maybe it was a change of shift or something. <laughs> they would just drop me off the show. Oh, there I'm gone. Um, but so it just, I was just chuckling to myself, thinking like, I wonder if Igor and, and his friend Hubble are going to enjoy listening to President, will they recognize that very famous voice of President Bill Clinton when he came on the air? Uh, but I have to say, you know, he is, one of the first things when he came on, uh, Liz introduced, you know, all, that all the sisters, he said, well, you know, Liz is here in Los Angeles with Leanne and Monica and Sheila, were you, did we even let you be on that? Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, he said, and, and Liz said, and this is my sister Julie, um, she's in uh, Moscow. And the first thing President Clinton said, he's like, ooh, it's late in Moscow. <laughs> Then she's never going to call. That just doesn't seem possible. 
So Julie, at that point, was living in Bangkok. It was before Julie moved to Moscow. So we finished the book tour. We thought it was done. Julie flew home to Bangkok. And like literally the moment she landed in Thailand, we got the call to go to Chicago. <laughs> so, okay, everyone like regrouped. We, you know, redid color, kind of everything we needed to do. We went to Chicago. And that was really a lot of fun because they shoot a lot of B-roll with you kind of behind the scenes where we had to pretend we were shopping together on Michigan Avenue, which is something that we never <laughs>
from Thailand. And you know, her weekly call, very expensive, like, hi, mom. And she's like, oh, I can't talk to you. The sisters are like, <laughs>
You know we love talking about Framebridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, I you like did. to share? Would you like you know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah. Any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already frame bridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the frame bridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds you like- you're going to be happy, okay? <laughs> That's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit Framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's Framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling sure. there yes. with your with your butcher box. What, what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for a part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what, uh, what, what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy-to-find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. 
no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> nice to have something familiar there. <laughs> yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Probably more than podcasts, but yeah, just. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get out and sell some of those posters. I know. So, I like to, yeah, I, so, yeah, I got some posters in the back for a million dollars. So, I didn't go to Paris. I've been to Paris before. Unfortunately, every American who's ever moved there has a blog or a newsletter. So if you can, the internet has a lot of problems. (laughs) But I'm I'm hoping when it sells, maybe I can go and and do it before I have to turn in a final draft. But that's kind of, my husband said, can you try to work on not losing money on your writing? (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm a professional blog. I actually lose money on my writing. Pretty psyched. Okay, we have another question from Facebook. This is from Debbie Alley. Julie, when did you get interested in the First Lady's Desk and royalty? Okay, well, I've, let's do First Lady's Desk. It was very a very specific moment. It was when, uh, when Arnold Schwarzenegger decided to run for governor of California, and Maria Shriver, his wife, was at the time, was working for NBC News. Mm-hmm. And NBC News decided that Maria Shriver could no longer be a credible... Uh, reporter, even though she had a long history, uh, she was an Emmy Award-winning reporter at that point. But they said that she could no longer be a reporter because she was married to someone. So I got up a quite ahead of steam. <laughs> I remember and I just it was as a spouse. Uh, you know, I have always said, you know, let the spouses do whatever they want. I mean, I have been. Bipartisan in my support of first ladies, of first husbands, first spouses, first partners, whatever. But we, I, I think that those are very old-fashioned ideas that we just needed to speak up about. And we always, I think, on Satellite Sisters, one of the things I'm most proud of is for the last 17 years, we've really worked hard to always promote women's roles in the world, all kinds of roles. And just being, uh, you know, giving our unconditional support to women, and that we will, I will never stop doing. So that's one of the Princess Diana. <laughs> I mean, it was one of our first moments when we talk about, like, when we were trying to really define what satellite sisters, you know, what it meant to be a satellite sister. One of the things we used as an early descriptor was, you know, where were you when you heard the terrible news about Princess Diana's death, and who did you call? Because that is a satellite sister. The people that, you know, that, right? Oscar or no? (laughs) 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 You guys really 
Twitter. Maybe why they didn't keep us on public radio. Of course, I do believe royalty is ridiculous. That's the other part of it. Uh, but I do, you know, uh, enjoy all royalty with the exception of you know who. for that day, 
and then we would have a production meeting weekly. Like, here are the books we'd be interested in talking to this and this and this. With Corny Cole. And the producers, yes. No, I know. And the producers would come to us with their ideas, and we'd say yes, yes, yes to that. So, you know, that was like the six-day-a-week radio production. But that pretty much stays with you when you move to podcasting. I think that's – I like to think it's why our podcast sounds more produced is because it is more produced, and we're pretty honed at doing that, you know. We, we read through the paper, we clip out the stories that are interesting to us. I know Julie's probably the best preparer of the, all the sisters. She's super prepared, all her material. Liz and I were wingers, but, you know, <laughs> we've thought about it. <laughs> so, and uh, Sheila Monica, you can talk about your methods. <laughs> Even when you're adults, 
you're frozen into the roles that you played when you were 11, and you're still that person in your siblings' eyes, and you, so you still treat each other, however you treated each other when you were 11, now you're 51, and you're still doing the same thing. Because you have basically no respect for their skill, <laughs> or intelligence, or experience, or any of that. They're 11 in your mind. And so one of the things when you work together, the way we did, as closely as we did, and so much of what we did was by us and about us, and that you learn to really respect each other's skills, but also experience. And when people start to tell, you tell stories on the radio that they might never even have told you in real life, you learn a lot about each other, but you kind of grow up in each other's eye. And, uh, and you really learn who's good at what, and everybody's good at something that's really true. You know, we, I think the reason the show had the kind of flow and the mix that it did is because we have different strengths and weaknesses, and we figured out a way to make that work together. But learning to respect each other as adults and get out of whatever rut you might have been when you were kids, that's definitely the bad part. Well, um, I'd say the worst thing about <laughs> as a family, I'm just going to be truthful, is you know exactly how to push the buttons. <laughs> the uh, you know exactly what's going to set them off, if you want to set them off. <laughs> they each other going to react to something. So that's just being honest. Yeah, well, that's what I would say that you know, people ask that. We are real sisters. We do have disagreements. We have we have periods where, you know, maybe we're not on speaking terms, you know, you know cool, cool off periods and all of that. But one thing that we uh, amazingly never have disagreed about is what the, the concept of the show. I mean, I don't think, you know, I don't think we've ever had, a, you know, creative differences where we, you know, we were at... We were disagreeing about what Satellite Sisters, the show, the radio show, the podcast was about. I mean, that it was amazing to me that we've always been very clear about what it what it entailed, what should be in that world, and really what wasn't a, a, in the Satellite Sisters world. And we have audience questions. Is it on? Is it yes. Okay. I'm Mary. Um, I'm the oldest of five sisters. All right, Mary. Um, and we're, coordinator 
And we talked about, you know, maybe when we retire, uh, <laughs> which is a funny thought for me because I remember one time a few years ago, Liz was talking to me about retirement, and she said something, you know, well, you're going to need that for retirement. And I didn't want to tell her, really nice bed. <laughs> Yeah, there's a book. 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 Yeah, there's a book.
we talked about it right after the, the most recent election about oh, yeah. uh, the you know, rules of considerate conduct. Wow. You know, and I had I reached out to him a while back, and I had not heard back, but this gives promised me to do it again because he, he was he was always great, always inspiring, really, really just the nicest, sweetest man ever. Yeah, I have to say I was just quoting Dr. Forney last week. Don't tell my sisters that I'm doing another podcast called <laughs> <laughs> oh, I Hate My Boss. And so that's a workplace advice show, and we were talking about workplace behavior and so civility. All of those Dr. Forney lessons have so stuck with me because it was a weekly segment. He shared a lot of good ideas with us, but I, I remembered him saying that the key to civility, the definition of civility, is being strong, calm, and kind. And at the time, I remember sort of putting that in my head. That's also a great way, it's a great management style uh, if you're trying to run a department, run a business, whatever. So I always had that back in, in the back of my head. And so last week on that other podcast, I hauled up Dr. Ford. Yeah, I quoted him. We put the book on the website. So, and I was thinking, I should call him and just let him know that we should be putting him back out in circulation. But I did go, I noticed he had another book out. Uh, that I just bought from Amazon last week and haven't read yet. Great. Okay, we're going to have one more question coming from the audience. And in the meantime, we're going to, this is from Sue from Facebook. Does Monica still have a cat that takes shelter in her house? Okay, this is it. <laughs> this is a cat question. We knew it was coming. <laughs> I had two cats. I don't have any cats anymore. So I have one stray cat who lived in my garage, and that cat ran away after about three years. Then my brother gave me a beautiful cat. They were moving, and I had Cleo, who was just amazing, and now I understand people that love cats, because none of my sisters <laughs> enjoy cats, but I loved that cat. Uh, and Cleo was not only an outdoor cat, she moved inside with me, which was really something. Considering my allergies, <laughs> but unfortunately, Cleo died this year in January, so I buried her in the backyard because my friend said that was okay. They, they told me that that was okay. So I enjoy having her back there, and now the grass is just coming in over Cleo's plot. But um, I really enjoyed having a cat. Really enjoyed having a cat. So when I retire, a lot of things are going to happen when I retire. When I retire, I might get another cat. I think we should have one more question and not end on a cat question. One more question from the audience. Hi, my name is Peggy, and I've been listening since 2005. And some of those hysterical moments were revolving around Sheila's dating life. So how's that going? Dog at this point. <laughs> no, I I have not oh I have not been on a date in three years. 
movie that my date wanted to go on was a movie he had seen six times. It was the Leonardo DiCaprio movie. The Bear? The Bear. Yeah. <laughs> 